This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. It is The Big Show. I'm Gordon Monson. Jake Scott is uh, on vacation. He'll be back on Monday, I believe. Bowler was sitting in earlier. We had uh, we had uh, Mac and Lima for Football Fridays uh, earlier, so we've had a heck of a show here at Sleep Solutions, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Austin, uh, earlier today you had the uh, opportunity to interview CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd, and uh, I'm eager to, to play this interview uh, you were the one who did it, but you asked him about the Big 12 and what they'll do next and whether that includes BYU. And no better person to ask those questions to than Dennis Dodd. He's very well plugged in. So why don't we, uh, why don't we get straight to that interview right now? 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Let's get out to the Smart Rain guest line. It's no mystery that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. He is from CBSSports.com. He's one of the best college football voices and writers in the nation. Happy to steal a few minutes of his time today. Dennis Dodd with us on the big show. And Dennis, will uh, will forego the pleasantries this week hope you are well but let's jump right in to this BYU Big 12 all this chatter has obviously our market in a, up in a frenzy what are you hearing what are you reading what have you learned about BYU possibly joining the Big 12 nothing more than I did five years ago when we went through this <laughs> exercise um, I suppose BYU there's more a leverage shall we call it on BYU side now that um, you know there was no interest when we went through that much, you know, waste of time five years ago when BYU's name was mentioned for the Big 12 to expand. But um, I've got to think they're they're a pretty uh, um, enticing prospect this time. The, the Big 12 needs bodies, and the BYU's is a big, as big a brand as out there right now. Along that line, do you think the tables have completely turned around to where BYU can kind of play the Big 12 a little bit here, uh, like the Big 12 did to BYU? Well, the, I think we have to answer a couple of questions first um, about BYU, the Sunday thing, and then what truly scuttled their candidacy the last time was was the letter from the uh, 25 groups, uh, LBGQT groups, um, urging the Big 12 not to expand um, because of uh, perceived slights uh, at the campus. So I think that question has to be answered. I know in the past, BYU has said it is very inclusive, and you know that, that's how the, the rebuttal came right away. But I think those two questions have to be asked. Could it be just a football-only thing um, or just football and basketball? I don't know. Um, you know, that way you get around the Sunday thing because, you know, if you're not going to play on Sunday, there's a lot of soccer games and volleyball games played on Sunday. So those things have but, – but look, if it, the Big 12 is in less of a – uh, position to be picky this time uh, because again they need bodies. 
How dire is it for the Big 12's survival that they start adding teams? And uh, you mentioned BYU is the biggest brand available. Is BYU enough to keep the Big 12 at a Power 5 level of things? Uh, in my opinion, no. I think I think once the alliance was announced this week, that pretty much um, you know ended any speculation about that going forward because they did not call the Big 12 to be in the alliance. I think we all know the reasons, but they would not articulate those reasons. But that told me that you know the Big 12 is not worth, doesn't have enough worth in that non-conference partnership to uh, to form any meaningful non-conference inventory. So, no, I think it's, for lack of a better term, it's just a de facto power four now. Now, what, you know, what form is that going to take in the future? Certainly less, uh, you know, media rights money for the Big 12 schools. They're averaging $37 million a year at the moment and will for the next four years if they stay together. Um, but, you know, for schools, for schools, you know, going to those conferences, going to the Big 12, uh, it might be a, a boost, um, even though the Big 12 lost 50% of its value, at least when Texas and Oklahoma left. Uh, that could be enough. That would be very enticing for some schools to be in. I read another report today that quoted a Big 12 source as saying the reason BYU wasn't added last time around was that uh, Texas and Oklahoma didn't want them. All right. So I think we had a little bit of an interruption there, huh, Austin? Yeah, we'll get it, the there. There is an important question there. I'll get that up in just okay. a second. All right, we'll we'll uh, give you a little time to put that back together. Uh, interesting to hear what uh, Dennis had to say so far, as you were asking him those questions, Austin. I, you know, we're all sitting here trying to figure out what the Big Twelve will look like. What will it be? Will it be a P5 league or will it be a substandard league, at least the way it is viewed by the rest of college football? And I'm not sure about that. I do know that if uh, if Texas, as Texas and Oklahoma leave it, if they were to bring BYU in or some other, uh, coupled with another school, uh, I'm not just not sure whether that would retain the same uh, – the same marquee value, just like Dennis said, but, uh, you know, it's something to think about. Let's uh, continue on with that uh, interview. I saw another report today that quoted a Big 12 source as saying BYU was not uh, voted into the Big 12 last time around, not just because of their policies, but really because Texas and Oklahoma didn't want them in the conference. And now Texas and Oklahoma are you know leaving. What do you think the true story is, Dennis? Is it that Texas and Oklahoma were putting the block on BYU and expansion? Or was it the questions that people have about BYU's LGBTQ plus policies in the way they handle themselves in that way well you have to understand they didn't admit anybody so i you know i think we we can parse the reasons i don't think it matters right now you know to, did texas not want houston because that would do nothing but take away their ability to recruit in texas you know cincinnati didn't add enough uh you know did did ucf but now again all those schools look very enticing because they can add value to a, you know, a diminished Big 12. I don't think there was there was one reason. I think it was almost a folly. If you remember, this was a uh, agenda item for David Bourne, the former uh, Oklahoma president. He drove this thing, uh, 
by himself, basically, and got the Big 12 to do this exploration. And the Big 12, to its credit, uh, back then did not exercise a clause in the contract that would have netted it a billion more dollars in the deal had they admitted any four schools. It didn't matter. Um, BYU, whoever. And I think it's a show of good faith towards ESPN, which now looks you know, not rewarded. They chose not to do that. Uh, they could have. They could have gone for the big payday, but didn't. Um, so I, I don't know what the reasons were at the time, but they, they don't matter now, as I said. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the four letters there, ESPN. That's one of BYU's pros about being independent is that relationship with ESPN, and uh, they get to go play whoever they want whenever they can get them scheduled. The bigger names, the better, BYU has always said. What is the draw to BYU now to leave independence and join the Big 12? Uh, they have better access to um, the playoffs, for one thing. Uh you know, on the surface, the, the proposed 12-team playoff, you know, whatever it ends up as, sure. I don't know. Uh, the, the best in, independent, Notre Dame, was very in favor of it because it made it very easy for Notre Dame to make it top 12, uh, you know, they're in. Um, or, or, or basically top 12, I shouldn't say that, because as proposed, maybe the top six conference champions and then um, the next six at large. So, if if Notre Dame was on or around 12, they would get in, and that's the best access they've ever had since the BCS started in 1998. Notre Dame is closer to the top 12 than BYU right now. So, um, and I think again, as proposed, if it is truly a Power Four, then that's four conference champions, and are they going to leave two conference champion slots for the Group of Five? Uh, and so if the Big 12 is in that, whether they are or not, whether they remain in the Power Five, that's great for BYU. You know, that's even better access than remaining an independent. Let's talk a little bit about the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten alliance before we let you go, Dennis. Uh, we all, I'm sure you were part of that, watching that press conference and, and asking questions. And we, I've heard people around this market call it a nothing burger. I think there was yeah, things said there. Yeah, exactly what I called it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big waste of time in a lot of regards. What does it, what does it really mean? Is it just posturing or is there something of merit there? It's posturing. Yeah. It's, it's telling that, that it is acting on the perception that the SEC is moving too quickly and too powerfully to dominate college athletics. And I'm not. I'm not sitting here telling you that they are. I'm telling you that's definitely the perception of a lot of people in college athletics. And I think it was articulated by those three. Um, I will tell you that people in the SEC don't understand that. Um, you know, they're they're, they're uh, in fact. Uh, Greg Sankey's reply was, I think, on a radio interview this week, he said, you know, who among these other schools would not have taken that call and, in fact, admitted Texas and Oklahoma? He's right. He's absolutely right. But none of them are the SEC that now have the biggest, best brands all under one tent. Um, and that's very valuable to networks. You know, where the, the reason for keeping um, – the Big 12 together, Texas and Oklahoma, now bolsters the SEC and makes it even more powerful. All right, last question, and we'll start. We'll finish where we began. Uh, you said you're about where you are five years ago on this BYU Big 12 talk. What do you think the result is this time around and why? Well, there's, a, there's now a, a subcommittee studying expansion in the Big 12. 
it, uh, all those schools we mentioned are possibilities. Um, you know, the, I, and I mentioned what the possible hurdles are. BYU add another travel. I don't know, but again, the Big Twelve can't be as choosy, and they have to be very careful the way they step in the next four years, because if they try to do this within the current contract then that might give Texas and Oklahoma an excuse to challenge the grant of rights and the exit fee. I don't know the exact language in the contract, but I'm just guessing. Uh, there's a lot of people in the Big 12 that think Texas and Oklahoma are going to do anything they can to get out early before four years. So, and it, so if indeed they do stay four years, we're talking about something that probably couldn't be announced for a while. Um, again, not to give Texas and Oklahoma any kind of excuse. So I know UCF has been very aggressive uh, among the Power Five, and um, I don't know if they've called the Big 12 directly. I know they've talked to the Big 10 uh, and indirectly with the ACC. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I know schools within the Big 12, the existing Big 12, that have talked to other leagues. So, you know, that, that's assuming the Big 12 stays together. So, I, you know, at the end of the day, BYU has as much chance as anybody else. I don't, I don't think they've narrowed it down yet. All right, there you have it, uh, Dennis Dodd talking with Austin. And I guess, Austin, I want to talk to you about it. I mean, uh, what was your, what's your, what's your takeaway from what he said after you've thought about it now? Well, uh, a few things stood out. You mentioned them uh, at, our, at our intermission there, the unplanned intermission, about how <laughs> BYU has some leverage now that they didn't have before with the Big 12. It's always been my belief the Big 12 was never going to expand, and they've used other things like the LGBTQ plus uh, complaints, which are very valid and, 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 and matter. But I kind of felt like the Big 12 themselves used that kind of as a uh, scapegoat as, as such at the time. And now the Big 12 is drowning. They need the biggest brand that will bring them the most money in the, in the most uh, as fast as they can. And I think if we're, everyone's being honest with themselves, that's BYU that's, that's available. They're the, they're the sexiest uh, bachelor that's eligible right now. To the Big 12. Is it enough, though, for the Big 12 to then remain on the Power 5 level? Dennis Dodd does not believe so. And Gordon, I got to agree with him. And all due respect to BYU, one BYU program combined with even a Cincinnati, a UCF, they do not equal the departures of Oklahoma and Texas. And from a competitive football standpoint, they don't, they don't match up with the other Power 4 conferences. What do you think? Well, I... Okay, well, those are big shoes to fill. I mean, if you're going to lose those two programs, then they're not going to get anybody to come close to that. Uh, who else would jump aboard that? Uh, nobody of, of that kind of, with that kind of truck. And so they're going to have to, if they want to expand, which they'll need to do, they'll have to take what they can get. And I don't see a whole lot of programs out there that would be better than BYU if you eliminate all the off the field, off the court, off the diamond, all off out of the sports realm stuff. And I don't know how that's going to go with those folks down there. Especially we've talked a lot about uh, Jeffrey Holland's comments, uh, his talk and uh, the things he emphasized. And I just don't know how that's going to play uh, with a conference like that. However, because BYU is more valuable than most other options that that conference would have. Maybe, you know, the one thing that trumps uh, everything, everything, is money. And if they think they can preserve 
what they have better with BYU than anyone else, then I think they'll look past that stuff. Yeah. The, the question then becomes, Austin, let's say that the Big uh, 12 came to BYU and said, man, we want you. We want you. We know we stiffed you last time. We know you put on a great presentation. We know you kind of blew our socks off, and we know that we just turned our backs on you. But we want you now. What does BYU say? And the reason I ask that, because it seems like it's an easy question to answer for some folks, but for other folks, they look at it and say, which is better, playing that particular group of schools, or is it better to have the independent schedule, especially if the alliance doesn't steal away the teams that BYU has been scheduling? Sorry, a balloon just popped here. Uh, I know, I jumped out of my seat. Sounded like a cap gun. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, careful over there. Don't, you're going to hurt somebody. Anyway, uh, so the question then becomes, with BYU able to, if they are able to continue to schedule these really good opponents, is it better for them to join the Big 12? Or should, should BYU stiff the Big 12 back yeah. after what happened last time? Not out of some sort of disgust or anything, but just because they want exposure. BYU, I'm not even sure BYU needs a whole lot of more money. They, they want exposure so they can present themselves on national TV every week. And then, you know, as and we talked about this with Bowler in a break earlier, what brings more exposure is winning and finding your way into that college football playoff. That's that's the most exposure any team in America will have is being on the preeminent stage there. But do you really believe that the Big 12 with BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, Boise State, whoever, is going to hold on to that automatic qualification as a Power 5 in the eyes of the college football playoff committee. Yeah, that's the that's, question, really. That's very much in doubt. Yes. Right? So then it's up to BYU. Do you do you put all your eggs in that and hope that you hold on to that Power 5 auto qualification as a member of the Big 12? Or do you put all your eggs back in, uh, keep them in independence and just do your own thing uh, to the beat of your own drum in every way on the list, including those off-the-field issues, and, and you, you kind of follow your, your, your own path and your own mission to uh, be the flag bearer for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or is it really about trying to win an, uh, an NBA championship, a college football championship? I don't know. That's a question for Tom Homo and those above him to ask, right? So I'm putting you in charge. You are the grand poobah of BYU. Okay. It's your decision. You can make it. What do you do? Uh, I've been advocating for them to go back to the Mountain West for three years. So joining the Big 12, I think, is a better choice than that. So I'm going back to the – I'm going to the Big 12. I'm joining that conference. Uh, if we don't hold on to our auto qualification as a conference, then so be it. But I still have a conference championship to chase. I still have pretty good built-in conference, quote-unquote, rivalries that will be scheduled every season. And I have a shot to win against all those teams in that conference, whereas opposed – to being an independent, maybe every five, six years I go nine and three and shock some socks. But mostly I'm thinking of eight and four, seven and fives as an independent. I think that I would join that conference. I would especially do it if it was including basketball. Oh, for sure. Mark Pope yeah. wins if yeah. BYU goes to the Big 12. Yeah, yeah, that would – that. Uh, I haven't given it a ton of thought, but uh, that's the way I'm leaning right now. We'll talk more about some college football. i got more items on the list, Austin, if you want to – 
can you endure that a little bit more? I mean, I, I mean, uh, it's clever. What are the categories? It's, yeah, it's 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 worthy of uh, breaking news. It's uh, it's funny. Those aren't categories. It, yeah, uh, never mind. Uh, is it pop culture? Is it sports? Is it uh, no. uh, love languages? What are we no. talking here? Huh? If there if there's any pop culture in there, then uh, then it'll be off the top of my head <laughs> okay. now because it's written on a list. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the big show. This is DJ and PK. Matt Brown joining us now, covering college football nationally for Extra Points Newsletter and Podcast. Do you buy the Pac-12 going to 14 teams? Do you think K-State and Oklahoma State would happen? And if so, is the Big Ten adding Kansas and somebody, maybe West Virginia? No, maybe no, else? no, 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 no. Institutional fit matters much more in conference realignment than a lot of sports writers give it credit for. In the Pac-12, that means, generally, you are a state-sponsored large research institution that's good at multiple sports. That's not Kansas State. That's not Texas. Tech, that's not Oklahoma State. And none of them are good enough at sports to overcome that by themselves. There's really not a good option for the Pac-12 to add another team that will appease all of those presidents, whether that's in the Big 12 leftovers, whether that's an independent, whether that's a team in China. That team just doesn't exist right now. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Now that BYU has given the starting job to Jaron Hall, Aaron Roderick was asked, what are Baylor Romney's and Jacob Conover's plans? I think they plan on being at practice tomorrow, as far as I know. Those two guys, from my experience with them, those guys are high-character, competitive guys. They understand this game. It's not easy to go through 12 games with one QB. It doesn't happen very often. These guys are all young. I'm talking about two sophomores and a freshman, so not even thinking about anything like that. If they are, then I don't know about it. This BYU Cougars uh, at 30 update presented by Football Fridays, brought to you by Stonehaven Dental and Mountainland Supply, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. All right, we're getting the let out today on The Big Show. I'm Gordon Monson. Austin Horton is back in the studio. Craig Bowlerjack was visiting with us, and earlier we had Ron McBride and Alima Harrington. So it's been uh, a banner day here on the big show. Uh, What's been your favorite part, Austin? Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Coach Mack's story about the first time uh, (laughs) he and the Utes beat BYU in Provo uh, and and, uh, how he then decided to be real bold and go to his local LDS Ward on that uh, <laughs> next uh, on the next day on Sunday and tried to you know show some uh, do some trash talking and all the BYU fans were at home. I thought that was classic. I thought that was a good that's a that's a rivalry story there. Speaking of rivalries, uh, okay, Austin, do you love rivalries in college? Oh yeah, in anything. I mean, sometimes anything. they could take they could take them too far. 
And when it gets crazy, I think it's just stupid. But uh, no, man, we need more Hatfield and McCoys in this world. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's not enough division in the world. But uh, did you see the story about what uh, Kansas State student government did? No, I didn't. Kansas State bowlers, uh, uh, you know, alma mater. Their student government passed and is give, passed uh, an official commendation and is giving that uh, a tribute to USC for beating Kansas in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> now, <laughs> again, this is Kansas State that is doing this. And uh, if I'm memory, if memory serves, I think that didn't uh, SC beat Kansas by some record amount? Yes. I mean, they just absolutely annihilated the Jayhawks, and uh, the uh, K-State student body appreciates that. And so they do have a commendation issued to USC for that win. And before their meetings, the student governors chant, Go Trojans. Wow. That is... That's petty, that's vindictive, <laughs> that's immature, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, come on. You know, you do realize that it goes too far sometimes. That's right? not going too far, though. No, no, that's not. Yeah, when you start getting personal and doing things that hurt people, either physically, obviously, or, or otherwise, then yes, then, then that's no longer fun. But to, to where... Uh, if the, if the if BYU wins and to go into church the next day or whatever in your full head to toe BYU gear, that's pretty funny. But or or what the J or what the uh, the Wildcats are doing here to chant "Go Trojans" just to stick it to the Jayhawks. That's good. That's all in good fun. Just when okay. you're defacing property and lives, then yeah, it's no longer fun. All right, so you'll be the rivalry uh, police on the on Will the I? show. Yeah, from here on out, if somebody says something that's too far. Over the edge, you will play the siren and step in and say, nope, nope, not going <laughs> to. So I got to get a rivalry police siren? Yeah. <laughs> Beedo, Beedo. <laughs> I think you have one in there. Speaking of the rivalry, how about a quarterback who could have beat his rival here in the state of Utah, but took a wrong turn and a two-point conversion was stopped so that the Utes beat the Cougars again Taysom Hill, well, Taysom Hill was beat out for the starting quarterback position with the Saints. Jameis Winston will start instead. This doesn't come as any big surprise to me. I think Taysom Hill is one heck of an athlete, and he's fun to watch, and he does things that that most quarterbacks could never do. Of course, he could probably play four different positions. Great athlete, as I said. He's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Not in my opinion. He wouldn't be optimal. Maybe he you could get by with him in some games, but as far as being your regular starter, I just don't think that would work. Taysom Hill, terrific guy. Uh, like I said, a great athlete, but not a starting quarterback. Do you agree with me? Uh, I do. I, I would not say I'm the best expert on these uh, topics. Other than I will, I would say I know I know Taysom Hill's game a lot better than I know Jameis Winston's. 
Jameis Winston has not been any highlight reel himself in not the NFL. Exactly. Nowhere near what he was projected to be. Yeah, but Taysom Hill, this doesn't mean that he's not going to play. I think the Saints are still going to use Taysom Hill how they've always used Taysom Hill. And they they he, pay him enough anyway. Yeah, they do. They pay him, and he might as well embrace it because it. everybody around the league knows who Taysom Hill is. You know? Why does he have to be a starter? Yep, I'm with he's, you. He's utilized perfectly, and he is a weapon, and he does wonderful things for the Saints. Keep doing what you're doing. If it's working, do it what you're doing. I really believe that. So shed no tears for Taysom Hill. He's having a great career. He just will not be starting at quarterback short of some sort of injury or something. All right, one other item from the NBA. We didn't really mention this at all, and, and I'm not sure how much it matters, but the Bulls have traded Laurie Markkinen to the Cavs in a three-way deal that I won't get into because nobody around here cares. <laughs> But uh, do you like Laurie Markkinen as a player, Austin? You know what's crazy, Gordon, is the year he was drafted, I thought he should have been the number one overall pick that year. I thought the way the NBA was going with the stretch five and how vital that was, and he had just come off this ex- extremely incredible season at Arizona, I thought he should have been the top pick in the draft. I think he still could end up being better than he has been, and in a lot of ways I think he has been better than what's been reported about him but he has left a lot wanting from where I thought he should have been starting in the NBA. Do I like him in a new spot with a fresh uh, design and, and team to play around? Yeah, sure. But I don't think he's anywhere near what I thought he was going to be. All right, we'll wrap up the hour coming up with uh, I have a question that I think a lot of people should consider about uh, playing the quarterback position. Uh, coming up next, Austin Horton, Gordon Monson here on The Big Show. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. One thing you can always count on from the Utes is a stalwart, strong, staunchy defense. Devin Lloyd will lead the way this year, obviously, for the Utes. He talked about where the defensive unit has grown as a, as a uh, team. Um, I would say we've grown closer together. We understand, we understand, you know how to, you know how certain things motivate one another, and I think that um, kind of hurt, you know, as far as you know a lot of the ones being out, you know, that same camaraderie, um, you know, even just talking with some of the guys that we're in, um, um, you know, just that camaraderie, being together on the field, understanding where to be, communication, all that type of stuff. Suits at 50 update brought to you by the Jazz Team Store end of summer sale. It ends tomorrow, so get down to Vivint Arena here in downtown Salt Lake. Go to the uh, Jazz Team Store end of summer sale. Get ready for the upcoming jazz season. Great deals on the latest jazz gear, the Jazz Team Store. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. As the man with the big voice just said, it is The Big Show. Gordon Monson here, Austin Horton. And uh, we're down here at Sleep Solutions today. And... uh, Austin, did you miss Jake this week? 
Who? Jake. 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 You Jake, Jake Hatch? Scott. Jake Scott. Oh, the guy that used to do this show. Um, yeah. Yeah, I miss him from time to time. Me yeah. too. I want to give him a big hug when he comes back. I don't want to do that. We've had a lot he, of fun. He admitted that he doesn't bathe all that often, so. <laughs> oh, he admitted that too, along with half of Hollywood? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, remember you were talking about that, and he's like, oh, well, I shower when someone tells me to. I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, I really like this topic that we got into a little bit earlier about how to handle the ascension of a quarterback. Now, we've talked uh, over and over again about what Utah has done with Charlie Brewer and what BYU has done with uh, Jaron Hall. And uh, we compared it earlier to what Zach Wilson has had to face or hasn't had to face with the New York Jets. Uh, it's a little different than what BYU and Utah quarterbacks have had to done, have to do. Same thing with uh, what's happening in San Francisco with Trey Lance and what's happening with Justin Fields in Chicago and what's happening with Mac Jones in, uh, in New England and even what's happening with Tre uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, down in Jacksonville. Now, that seems like a bit of a farce to me, but all of those situations – uh, they are making quarterbacks compete for the job. And I get it that there are some veterans involved in that as well and that these rookie quarterbacks are having to learn some lessons as they go. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that, uh, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the starter in Jacksonville, but Urban Meyer is putting on this sort of facade that, that, that it's a competition. Not so in New York. Uh, there, Zach Wilson was essentially drafted, brought in. The Jets signed no veteran quarterbacks. Their other two quarterbacks haven't ever taken a snap in an NFL game. There's there's no one really to step in in case Zach Wilson fails. Now, they might, if something happens to Zach, or if he completely crumbled, maybe they'd reach out and grab somebody off the waiver wire or something and bring somebody in where they would have to. But they wanted to instill in Zach Wilson, you're the guy. And that's the exact opposite of what BYU and Utah has have done. React to that, will you, Austin? Well, you know, BYU and Utah, BYU and Utah have uh, time ahead of them. If they make the wrong call here, they can go to the other guy. The Jets, what they're doing is no safety blanket whatsoever at all. They are putting, they're literally putting their livelihood on the idea that they're going to give Zach Wilson the absolute best chance to prove them right for selecting him second overall. And that's, you know, that's what they told us. That's what they told everyone, including Zach Wilson at the time of drafting him, that they were going to trust him, believe in him, give him time, give him patience, give him uh, the tools around him to try and his best to succeed. And they're, they're banking on that. It's gutsy. I don't know that it's the the best. I don't know that it's the most wise. If I'm their agent, if I'm uh, Robert Sally's agent and uh, the GM, whose name I just suddenly spaced, who's going to be in his first, second year, really. Joe Douglas. For that guy, Joe Douglas. If I'm their agent, I'm going, what are you doing? That's not good job security for you. But they're saying, hey, we believe enough in Zach Wilson that we don't care if we don't win a game this season. Is well, essentially take, it. Take the program, the organization's welfare out of it, and let's talk about the effect on the quarterback himself. Sure. Wh which is better? Which is because I can understand why it's been good for Zach Wilson to get all the first team reps, to get uh, to 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 have the belief that uh, that management and the coach has in him that you're our man. 
You're the guy. And that's not what Utah has done, at least not publicly. It's not what BYU did. We've talked with Kalani Sataki about this before, how he wants his quarterbacks to earn their spot. Uh, I can see arguments in both directions on this. I really can. If you limit it solely to what's best for the quarterback, uh, I'm all about building confidence. And if a guy is lazy, doesn't work hard, doesn't study film, doesn't do his job, then it would cause a problem. But if you have confidence that that's what he's doing and that's what he's going to do and that's what he's going to continue to do, then I, I kind of like it. There's, there's something to be said for, you know, throw into the deep end and see if they drown or, or swim. It depends on the makeup of each guy, though, because Ryan Leaf looked like a guy that was going to just swim. So they threw him to the deep end and he sunk. He drowned. Would Ryan Leaf have benefited from having a veteran ahead of him for a season or two? Would that have helped him? Maybe you answered the question, it depends. Yeah, on the person. It, it, yeah. yeah, it depends on the individual that you're talking about. I don't think Zach Wilson needs any more motivation. I mean, he seems like he's always been responsible when it comes to taking care of his end of the deal, as, as well as a rookie in this situation could do. I don't think the Jets had a whole lot of concern. And if you're a rookie coming into the NFL, I don't think uh, if you have a head on your shoulders that is straight – there's no way that you're going to be overly cocky about that. I mean, he's probably thinking, i got to work my butt off to get myself where I need to be so I don't blow this. doesn't matter that he signed that big contract. He still wants to succeed. He doesn't want to yeah. be a failure. I will say this, Gordon, it's refreshing to see a team put their entire faith and trust in the guy that they have put their entire faith and trust in. Yeah. Well, I drafted exactly him what, second overall. That's yeah. exactly what's happened. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to us in the, in the 5 o'clock hour. We got all kinds of good stuff coming up in the 6 o'clock hour as well. So stay right where you are. We've got That'll wrap up another big show. Bowler, thanks so much for sitting in. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, anytime you need a, a, a little uh, break from, uh, you know, your cohort, let me know. <laughs> Jake's on vacation still. He'll be back on Monday, I believe. Is he back on Monday, Austin? Nah. <laughs> He's on a two-week trip. <laughs> Nobody knows for sure, <laughs> but uh, it's always a pleasure having you in. Uh, maybe we can have you back, on, you know, more often until. Well, I think you're going to get real busy in about what three or four weeks. You know, I think they have open floor coming up at uh, Zions Bank Basketball Campus right after or before Labor Day, and you know when that happens, players start to come in and start to get into their rhythm, and then camp opens up uh, the last week of September, and then boom, playing. Um, it's going to get here quick. And you know what? College football, too. It's it's all happening this weekend. Next week for the local schools, you know, you get a Thursday and a Saturday, Utah, BYU getting going. Um, man, it's it's all of a sudden, everything's run together, right, the last yeah. two years. Yeah, and for the like. first time, you're, you know, we're, it's going to happen, I think, this year. I think you're going to see a full season of football. I think you're going to see 82 games in the NBA. And how do they handle – you know, like college came out and, you know, about if you can't play, then you lose. There's no makeups. And I'm wondering how that will occur in the NBA as well. I haven't seen anything of the any of that uh, discussion yet, but you hope that the country is getting a hold on things and, and we can find our way back to a full schedule. You got any big plans for the weekend? 
I'm mowing uh, the back 40. Are you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, pal. You, you got all the uh, you got the barn painted. You got uh, what else? What what have you been? You, well, what you, did, weren't you clearing like I a was. field of hay or what something? What I've got is I've got this new gadget that actually is a weed whacker, big one, <laughs> and I and I bought like a a saw that attaches to it's a gas motor, so it's all interchangeable. Uh, okay. It's one of the greatest inventions of is all time. Is it like a Swiss Army knife? It is. Saws? It is. I just line up all there and I said, I want that today. Click, twist. <laughs> And then ripcord it. I'm ready to go. He's Craig Bowler, Jack. Thanks for sitting in. Thanks for listening today, everybody. We appreciate it. We had a lot of fun with um, with Mac and Alema, didn't we? Two greats. And uh, we hope everybody has uh, a safe and happy uh, weekend, a great sports weekend. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Uh, Call me. <laughs> what, you want me to come out and, and do some lawn work? Get you to work, man. Come on. All right. Uh, we hope everybody has a great weekend. Thanks for listening.